Greetings, brothers and sisters. Welcome to God's Love Language with Joe and Lowe. Do me a favor. I would like to conduct a little experiment. No, 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 not a scary experiment. Just a little experiment. Here is what I would like you to do. I would like you to pause for a moment to consider. What was your most satisfying moment in the past week? What was its peak moment? I'll explain why I want you to do this later in today's episode. But right now, take it away, Deanna. Welcome to God's Love Language, a podcast designed for Christian discipleship with emphasis on developing our relationship and fellowship with God. Now, here is our host, Joe Enloe. Thank you, thank you very much. Too generous. Thank you. And you don't have to wear a mask anymore, unless you want to. Welcome back to God's Love Language Sandwich. Welcome back to God's Love Language with Joe and Lowe. I am Joe. At least that's what my mom and dad named me. We are in the middle of our discussion on relationships and fellowship between God, us, family, and community. Our previous episode, episode 15, discussed the neurobiology of relationships, but let me add a few more facts about the neurons associated with our brains. Neurons are social by nature and depend on their neighbors for survival. If they aren't sending and receiving messages from other neurons on a constant basis, they literally shrink and die. Kind of a use it or lose it type thing. Just kind of like human life. If you don't do anything, you will slowly shrivel up and your body will shut down if if its parts aren't used. Neurons that fail to communicate with each other or other neurons die off through a process called apoptosis. It turns out that the elimination of neurons that have not established positive connections is a vital component of the growth and development of the brain. Keep learning new things, challenging yourself, and keep establishing new and deeper relationships. Those are the things that you can do to keep your brain growing. In reference to our genes, some people will say, well, don't genes have anything to do with how you turn out, how the brain turns out? Well, in reference to the genes and the influence of them on our destinies or our fate, Dr. Cozzolino says this, The genetic code contained in our DNA provides a template for the construction of the uniform structures of the nervous system. Although the unfolding of the basic genetic template of the nervous system is relatively unaffected by experience, This type of genetic organization is only half the story of the building of the brain. A second level of genetic involvement in building the brain is called genetic transcription. Transcription controls the experience-dependent aspects of the brain's development by allowing the brain to be shaped and reshaped by learning. Therefore, you can renew your mind like the Bible talks about, as as I... uh, talked about in my episode, Renewing Your Mind. We talked about how you can go about renewing your mind by doing different things, new things. Now, 
The transcription of protein into neural structure via RNA accounts for the majority of the brain structure that is added after birth. It is through gene transcription that environmental stimulation it is through gene transcription that environmental stimulation allows for ongoing learning and adaptation. Thus, nature and nurture contribute to the building of the brain via the template transcription genetics. That kind of sums up or ends our section on the neurobiology portion of it. And we know that you can change the structure of your brain. I used to talk about this many years ago, back in the early 2000, to some of my students when, and when I was teaching psychology courses about how they go and they examine the brains of deceased people. And they say that these are the results. This is why that person lived this way. Well, according to this technology, the way the person lives will can affect the way the brain looks when they die. So you can't assume that the way the brain is after someone dies is the reason they live the way they lived. It's actually the reverse. What they, what they experimented with, what they experienced in their life, helps shape the elements and the construction of their brain. Now, let's move on. Let's explore what modern psychology tells us about relationships. Study any psychology or sociology textbook, and they will all say the same thing. We need to have a sense of belonging. We desire different levels of relationships with others. We long for a connection with other humans. The need to belong colors our thoughts and emotions. It will prevent you from hanging around certain individuals, or if you're lonely and in need of company, it will cause you to be involved with individuals you normally wouldn't associate with at all. We spend a great deal of time thinking about actual and hoped-for relationships. When relationships form, we often feel joy. Falling in mutual love, people have been known to feel their cheeks ache from their irrepressible grins. Ask someone, what do you need to be happy? Or what does it take to make your life meaningful? Most people will respond Something like this before uh, before anything else, I'll say something like a close, satisfying relationships with family, friends, or romantic partners, or all the above. Happiness hits close to home, and it is why those of us that have worked in the mental health field always ask clients with serious issues if they have a close support system, because we know that if they do, they have a greater chance of success. Now, at the beginning of this podcast, I asked you to ponder a question that was asked by Kenan Sheldon and his colleagues to American and South Korean collegians. That question being, what was your most satisfying moment in the past week? The peak moment. Then they asked them to rate how much this peak experience had satisfied various needs. In both countries, the satisfaction of self-esteem, and relatedness, belonging needs were the two top contributions to the peak moment. In other words, they felt good about themselves and how they related to other people. How did you do? When I ask you to think about your most satisfying moment this past week, your peak moment, what did you think was your answer to this question? 
share your answer with me on our website or email me at jandlow at godslovelanguage.com. Another study found that very happy university students are not distinguished by their money, but by their rich and satisfying close relationships. The need to belong runs deeper, it seems, than any need to be rich. As a matter of fact, Investigate the need for someone to be rich, and I will argue it stems from the need to feel wanted or to feel important. In other words, to establish some sort of relationship with oneself and others, some kind of status. When our need for relatedness is satisfied, in balance with two other basic psychological needs, autonomy, which is a sense of personal control, and competence, the result is a deep sense of well-being. If you have doubts about how important relationships are, consider the reverse of your most satisfying moments, the top 10 life event stressors. Although the order varies according to different studies, these are basically the 10 most stressful events in the life of the average adult. Death of a spouse, divorce, marriage separation, imprisonment, death of a close family member, Injury or illness, marriage, job loss, marriage reconciliation, and retirement. Those are the top 10 in most, in most surveys. Look closely and you will see that they are related to our relationships and fellowship with others and how we feel about ourselves. I would go so far as to hypothesize that if you react negatively to one of these life events, all the other relationships can be directly affected in a negative manner. When we feel included, accepted, and loved by those important to us, our self-esteem rides high. Indeed, Mark Leary and his colleagues, they say that self-esteem is a gauge of how valued and accepted we feel. Much of our own social behavior, therefore, aims to increase our belonging, our social acceptance and inclusion. To avoid rejection, we generally conform to group standards and seek to make favorable impressions. To win friendship and esteem, we monitor our behavior, hoping to create the right impressions. Seeking love and belonging, we spend billions on clothes, cosmetics, and diet and fitness aids, all motivated by our quest for acceptance. Like sexual motivation, which feeds both love and exploitation, the need to belong feeds both deep attachments and menacing threats. Out of our need to define a we come loving families, faithful friendships, team spirit, but also teen gangs, ethnic rivalries, and fanatic nationalism. All right, how do we sustain relationships? If you have any doubts about the power of relationships and fellowship, think about this. Two different studies from Engelhart and the National Opinion Research Center in Chicago found that when the fear of being alone seems worse than the pain of emotional or physical abuse, attachments can keep people in abusive relationships. Even when bad relationships break, people suffer. After separations, feelings of loneliness and anger and sometimes even a strange desire to be near the former partner still linger. In one 16-nation survey and in U.S. surveys, separated and divorced people have been half as likely as married people to say they were very happy. 
Our fear of being alone has some basis in reality. Children who move through a series of foster homes or through repeated family relocations with repeated disruption of budding attachments may come to have difficulty forming deep attachments. And children reared in institutions without a sense of belonging to anyone are locked away at home under extreme neglect, become void of normal human emotions, withdrawn, frightened, and speechless. Much of life's best moments occur when close relationships begin. Making a new friend, falling in love, or having a baby. Life's worst moments are when close relationships end. When something threatens or dissolves our social ties, anxiety, loneliness, jealousy, or guilt may overwhelm us. The bereaved often feel life is empty and pointless. Even the first weeks living on a college campus away from home can be distressing. Social isolation also puts us at risk for mental decline and ill health. But if feelings of acceptance and connection increase, so will self-esteem, positive feelings, and desires to help rather than hurt others. Now, we have reached the end of our psychological and neurobiological explanations for relationships and fellowships. Now, this is all just touching the surface now, the the surface of the iceberg, because, you know, there's a lot more to this. And I encourage you to do follow-up research. Next month, we will discuss how and why God made us this way. Why did he make us so dependent on relationships, including not just psychological, but biological? In closing, I'll let Dr. Cozzolino sum it up. He says, scientists have had to expand their thinking to grasp the idea that individual neurons or single human brains do not exist in nature. Without mutually stimulating interactions, people and neurons wither and die. And neurons... This process is called apoptosis. In humans, it is called depression, grief, and suicide. From birth until death, each of us needs others who seek us out, show interest in discovering who we are, and help us feel safe. Thus, understanding the brain requires knowledge of the healthy, living brain embedded within a community of other brains. Relationships are our natural habitat. The social group is the human environment with the brain adapting to an ever-changing stream of interpersonal information and constellations of relationships. I wonder, is that what was meant by no man is an island? Now may God bless you and keep you. May his light shine upon you until we meet again. Thank you for listening to today's teaching. If you would like more information about our podcast and subject matter, or if you would like to leave a comment, go to GodsLoveLanguage.com, or you may email Joe at jnlo at GodsLoveLanguage.com. 